Work in Sports podcast is brought to you by Empowered. NFL superstar Trey Flowers, ESPN anchor Maria Taylor, and our friend Latonya Story from LPS Consulting PR are encouraging you to get registered to vote with Empowered. Empowered is a technology platform created by former Oracle tech executive Horace Williams to simplify civic engagement and put democracy in the palm of your hand. With Empowered, you can confirm your voter registration status, get registered to vote in your state, identify your voting location, preview your election ballot before election day, check in on election day, and most importantly, report any voting issues at the poll site. This is how you get back your power. This is the most important election of our time. Get engaged, informed, and ready to vote, all with one app. Download today at empowered.com. That's E-M-P-O-W-R-D.com. All right, let's start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkinSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. Big Ten football comes back in October. Look, this is great news all around. As a diehard sports fan, like I'm imagining many of you are, this is what we want to see. If the league commissioner caved to the pressure, that's not good. But if they did their work, if they consulted with scientists and the public health officials and created systems to keep the athletes and staff safe and sound, well, all right, let's get to work. I don't know about you, but I've actually found the NBA and NFL experience without fans to be a great experience, right? You're focused on the work product, and I'm down with that. The NBA, I don't even really notice the lack of fans anymore. The NFL is still a little bit weird with the huge empty stadiums. I'm getting used to it. It's taking a little bit of time. Baseball, I don't know. It's been hard for me to connect with it, but maybe that's because my Red Sox are awful, beyond awful, pitiful. Anyway, there's something magical about college sports. I will be the first to admit, growing up in the Boston area, there wasn't really a huge college sports component. There, it's all pro sports. I always thought of college sports as I was growing up as was like a minor leagues to the pros and therefore less important. In my worldview, the pro game was the pinnacle and everything else was just a pathway. But really, this is the wrong lens to look through. The perspective changed for me when I was in my late 20s. I traveled to England to watch a few Premier League soccer games. I saw a game at Arsenal and another at Chelsea, and these were experiences I had never had in sports. The fans were different. The stadium experience was different. The vibe was different. I remember returning from that trip and going back to work, which was at CNN Sports Illustrated at the time, and telling anyone who would listen, oh my gosh, I feel like a different sports fan with different expectations. Like this experience was incredible. And one of my coworkers said to me, well, have you ever been to a football game at UGA? Uh, nope. Another said, have you ever been to a game at Tennessee? And this is when Peyton was huge. And then my boss, a Michigan grad, was like, dude, you been to the big house? Um, No. It wasn't until I started experiencing these college sports cathedrals that I realized mine was the skewed perspective, that the real passion and enthusiasm and maniacal fandom was in college sports, that booming of 106,000 people on a Saturday in the fall, chanting so loud you felt like it was your chest was compressing. And it's not just football. 
most of the athletes in college aren't on the professional athlete path. They play water polo and volleyball and tennis for the pure love of the game and competition. That's the magic you want from sports. As my journey has continued, and I've interviewed associate athletic directors from Ohio State and Purdue and Michigan and Tim Duncan from University of New Orleans, you realize how much goes into operating a department representing sometimes 30 or more teams, you know, not just one. The effort and coordination it takes to maximize the experience of thousands of student athletes across a department and to draw fans, not just to football Saturdays, but to midweek soccer games and track and field and baseball. The challenge is real and it's exciting. I'm in awe. And for that reason, I watch and listen and learn from those friends I have created in college athletics to better understand their world. One of my good friends in the industry, this week's guest is Chris Grossi. Penn State Assistant Athletic Director for Marketing, who is back at work preparing for fall sports instead of tweeting about brownies and whether or not hot dogs or sandwiches. For those who know Chris and follow him on Twitter, that's the kind of conversation he engages in a lot, and it's actually a lot of fun. So Chris is a great follow. Uh, But more than that, we're going to talk about some real details in sports marketing and college athletics starting now. Here's Chris. Hey, Chris, what's happening today? What's going on, man? Good to be here. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. It's always cool talking to somebody in college athletics because it's a really cool subculture of the sports industry. It's like a unique little uh, segment that I, w- I want to talk so much about. And I really appreciate you coming on, too, because your experience in multiple levels of college athletics is really cool. So thanks for being here. You're, you're welcome. I'm looking forward to, uh, to diving into this uh, this unique industry with you. Yeah. So before we get into all the sports marketing stuff, because that's really been your niche um, and, and kind of what it's like being at a major university like Penn State, I want to let's go back to your beginning a little bit. Let's go back to your kind of origination story. You've been in yeah. college athletics throughout your career, often in marketing. How did you yeah. kind of figure out this fit for yourself? How did you know like this was your calling and the direction you wanted to go? How did that happen for you? Sure. So I, I, I grew up in New England and um, in New Hampshire and, um, you know, up there, really pro sports is, is is what people think about. No one thinks about college athletics. So I was always a big sports fan growing up. And uh, in high school, my junior year of high school, I took a class in sports marketing, um, you know, just a you know regular three credit class in high school. Uh, we took a couple trips to some local local teams and um, you know, really did some basic basic sports marketing learning, but that kind of turned me on to the whole sports marketing world. Um, you know, I, I was able up in New Hampshire to work for two minor league uh, teams. Um, one of them was a minor league independent baseball team, the Nashville Pride, and the other one was an AHL hockey team, the Manchester Monarchs. Um, actually, both both are now defunct, so that's a sad <laughs> story about that. But um, but 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 really kind of got to do a whole bunch of different things as, as an intern at, at both of those places and, um, and worked on all different aspects of, of sports. Um, you know, fast forward to going to, to college um, at the University of Connecticut, and uh, that, that's kind of when I first got a, a feel for, for college sports and, and how exciting it was. You know, as, as a kid, I'd always used to get Sports Illustrated in March, and I um, was always wondering what March Madness was all about and why that was a big deal. Um, you know, going to UConn, I, I really, I really, um, you know, took my first year there as a student and just was one of those those super fans. Was was at every basketball game, camping out the night before. Um, you know, really involved as a student, just um, you know, cheering along and, and getting involved in that culture. And 
uh, caught my eye when I was down there that these there's these kids that are working at the games too and and doing you know shooting the t-shirts on the on the court and running the contest and handing out the giveaway items and all that kind of stuff so after my freshman year I, I uh, went and spoke to the, the folks in the marketing office there and and, and haven't left uh, the industry since so I've been doing it since um, 2002 actually um, starting as an undergrad and then and then really kind of just growing in the in the industry not a bad time for UConn basketball either. No, we, we, we won a, uh, I think we won three women's national championships and one men's national championship when I was there. So it was, uh, it was really cool to be a part of that for sure. Yeah. So I'm a fellow New Englander and I feel the same way. Like growing up, I always was so focused on all the pro teams and never really thought too much about college athletics. And then it's cool how your initial experience at UConn is what kind of drove you that direction. It's, it's interesting to me that everybody I talked to in this podcast has those little moments that kind of help shape them a little bit. And you have to kind of follow that personal lead a little bit, I would guess. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the, the only college sport that I ever went to as a, as a kid was UNH hockey. So, like, that was the only college sport that I was really um, exposed to. But, but, but yeah, that, that just um, the experience that I had at UConn as a fan – um, you know, I knew I wanted to be involved in sports somehow. I went to I went to school for marketing at UConn, and um, it was just kind of the perfect mix of of, of what I was looking for. Um, and and the opportunity presented itself to intern there, and and um, you know, it was such a such a fulfilling experience there as an undergrad. I'm a, I'm a sophomore, junior, and senior, getting some really good experience working basketball games, football games, field hockey games, hockey games soccer games, softball, baseball, like we, we did everything um, there. And it kind of gave me a really good um, view of, of kind of what it would take. So as I do my research and I, I look at you and I, I see where you've been and what you've done and all those sort of things so I can come up with my questions. I mean, you're a pretty young guy and yet you've already worked all around the country, University of Connecticut, Naval Academy, Florida State, New Mexico State, Georgetown, and now Penn State. Is this the reality of roles in college athletics that often you have to move around in order to move up? And is that something that everybody out there who's thinking about careers in college athletics needs to be aware of? So, so first off, thank you for calling me young. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I, don't, I don't get carded at, at restaurants and bars anymore. So that uh, every once in a while, I, I appreciate someone calling me young. Um, but, but, but to answer your question, um, you don't have to move around to move up. Uh, I think it makes it a lot easier um, to move up in college athletics if, if, if you're flexible. Uh, that's one of the one of the things that I preach to to young professionals that want to get involved in this industry. Is that you need to be you need to be flexible. You need to be flexible in, in, in where you live. You need to be flexible in, in, in what you're looking for in a job description. Um, in the beginning, you need to be flexible with, with what you're willing to get paid. Um, when, when you start to limit yourself on where you want to live or what you want to do in sport, uh, when when you're looking in sports, it, it, it really it severely um, dampens your chance at at at, at getting that first job. Um, you know, it's just such a competitive industry. Uh, I, I think when I was going to grad school, there were maybe three or four or five schools with sport management programs. Now there's, I don't know, hundreds of them. And so every year there's these, there's, there's, a, there's thousands of people graduating with this degree. And if, if, if you take some opportunities off the table right off the bat, it, it, you're at a disadvantage. Um, and so I, I've always preached um, being able to be flexible and, 
and moving around. I mean, there's no better time to move around in your life than when you're graduating from college and, and, and trying to get that first job and, and that, that valuable experience. Um, you know, I, I remember just packing up my Honda Accord and just driving from from Maryland down to Florida and then driving over to New Mexico and then driving back to, to Maryland again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and every once in a while, there, there will be some instances where you're able to move up in the in the place that you're at. Uh, so I, I, there's a couple of, of friends that I have in the in the industry who have been able to kind of do. Uh, do what they um, you know love to do and grow in, at one university, but um, you know a, a lot of times it is we're like uh, coaches. Um, you know, we're moving around a lot trying to find that 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 right place. Yeah, it's so true. And my my experience coming up in the sports media, I did the same thing. I ended up moving to Atlanta, never having been there from, you know, Boston area down to Atlanta, never having been there for a job and then went to Seattle. Same thing. Never had been there before. But I mean, it's just part of the experience. You go where the good opportunities are and you you keep your mind open to it. So let's talk about these different roles, because so much of your background is in the marketing side. And yet when you go to different schools, you know, you jump around from, like you said, New Mexico, Georgetown, Florida State. How different are the roles? Are they all somewhat along the same lines or the approaches and resources and strategies? Are they different when you jump from school to school? So, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I I think if if you're staying in the traditional marketing, um, in the traditional marketing role, um, your your goals remain the same. Um, I tell people our goal is to get people to come to games and to make sure they enjoy themselves. Um, that that's how I kind of dumb it's it a down. Good goal, for, yeah. <laughs> uh, for people, um, but going to different places and, and experiencing different cultures and um, and and different campus sizes and public universities versus private universities and large schools versus small schools, it really. You really do different things. Um, uh, at some places, when you're kind of coming up, you have pretty specific responsibilities, like you're working with this one sport, and and you're writing the scripts for the games, and you're uh, making sure that you know you've got halftime entertainment booked, and um, you're making sure you're, you're you're promoting on campus and in the community. Um, as you grow and, and, and you start to, to take on more responsibility, then, you know, sometimes it, it stretches out to you're doing social media stuff. You're, you're um, helping with digital advertising. You're, you're doing more fan engagement stuff. Um, you know, you're, you're working with sponsors. You're working with fundraising. Um, you know, r- really, um, usually the smaller the department and the smaller the school that you go to, the more broad-based um, experience you get. You, you tend to um, really focus in a little bit more on things when you, when you get to the bigger the bigger places and there's more resources and staff in place. Um, but 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 really, um, being able to, to know a little bit about everything is is definitely beneficial. Um, as you're looking to, to grow in the industry. Yeah. So let's dig into that a little bit more. You are really active and insightful on Twitter. You're actually one of my favorite follows. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the show right now. Actually, b- before we go any further, share your Twitter handle so everybody knows what it is. Sure. So it's um, Chris underscore Grassi. So um, I'm trying, I'm trying to ditch the underscore at some point. But for now, um, <laughs> now I, I haven't got that point yet. But um, but but I appreciate the uh, the compliment. I try to try to have fun with the account and, and um, really focus it towards, um, you know, young professionals in the industry to kind of showcase the uniqueness of, 
of what we're doing. Yeah, well, and that's what part of what struck me on this is that you shared a tweet a little while back, and you had a graphic listing all the various components of sports marketing. And I thought it was fascinating. You looked at it, and you listed 20 different skills, ranging from fan engagement and ticket sales to video and frust- uh, fundraising. And it really shows the enormity of the role. Like, marketing is such a broad term. It can mean so many different things depending on what your goals are. So looking for a little bit of guidance here from you. You're the expert in this situation. Young, young people who want to work in sports marketing, do they try to become a jack of all trades, learning a little bit of all these component skills? Or is there a certain thing they need to become a master of and then kind of build out from there? What's your approach? What do you think? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I think when I was when I was coming up in the industry, it was more of a, you need to kind of know a little bit about everything. Um, that's because like video and social and digital weren't really a thing um, right. that, that, that many people were doing. Um, now that we have video production groups and creative services groups and graphic designers and brand managers and publications and um, uh, advertising departments and email marketing. And, and there's, there's really a, a lot of kind of offshoots of marketing now uh, that have kind of taken on their own, um, you know, taken on their, it's, it's, it's its own, it's its own job um, basically. So I think, I, I think as you grow, it's, it's good to get that kind of wide range of knowledge in the beginning. Um, and, and if, if, if marketing and in college athletics marketing, like we do is what you want to do, then you continue to need to grow that wide range of, of information and, and knowledge. But if, if you're more focused on, um, you know, one of those offshoots like graphic design or video production, digital marketing, uh, I would suggest after you get that, you know, initial broad based, uh, knowledge and experience that, that, that you really start to focus on, 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 on the topic that you want to, you want to be part of because, um, there are more and more jobs that are, that are coming open that, that are a lot more specifically, um, targeted like, um, digital advertising, email advertising, um, social media departments. Um, so as, as you kind of grow and you, you know, you do your first couple of internships, um, or, or your first couple of part-time jobs, um, in, in kind of a, a broader based topic as, as you kind of figure out what you want to do, you should start to try to specialize in that way. And that, that I think makes you more marketable. Um, to, to show that you've you've um, you've done a lot and then you kind of realize what you want to do and you really focused on it. Yeah. So in, in, with your title as assistant athletic director for marketing, that would sound to me like you are overseeing a lot of those different disciplines within the Penn State Athletic Department. Is that how it kind of breaks down where you manage a lot of the different people trying to execute on these various tasks and all these various skill set? What is your what is your day to day kind of like? Is that kind of encapsulated a little bit? Yeah, so it, it actually um, it, it actually depends on the size of the school. So so here at Penn State, we're lucky to have um, strong resources, uh, a, a lot of great staff uh, and departments here. So we actually have our own social media department, our own creative services department, our own video production department, ticket sales, ticket office, sponsorship, um, and they each have their own 
leaders. So, so I, I fit into the piece as one of those external group leaders. Um, but, but our, our main focus here is, is the marketing and promotion of, of our events. Uh, and it's working day to day with our designers and our video folks and, and our ticket office and our group sales folks. But, but it's, uh, when you get to a, a bigger school, you, you're usually a little more specialized in, in what you're doing. Now, when I was at Georgetown and I was an assistant athletic director there, the, the, um, the resources weren't as great, uh, obviously, as, as you would have at Penn State. Um, there was no video production department, no graphic design department, no social media department. That kind of fell on on marketing and and um, and social media, uh, sports information, and uh, a few others. But you know, you do a lot more, um, and you're kind of on your own for a lot more when you're at a, a smaller school. So, so the title is a little. Um, a little kind of deceiving because uh, at some at some schools that same title means you're doing a, a lot more broad uh, uh, um, activities than 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 you might when you're at a bigger school with the same title. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So when you list off these twenty skills and you have all these various things that are that are comprise marketing and you've done yeah. them all, you've had your hands in them, you've gotten your dirty, you've gotten dirty, you you've been on the tactical side, you've set the strategy, you've done all those things. You have you have to have favorites. I mean, this is this is uh, sure. this is life. You know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have. Um, so, yeah. what do you, what do you love the most, and what do you put off as far as you can? <laughs> so um, it's funny you ask. We, I, I did. Um, I, I drew up this kind of illustration on, um, on on this kind of very topic, and and it's not so much um, topics that that I try to put off. Um, it's just the the stuff that we do that's less exciting um, than, than a lot of the stuff we do. And so I call it the marketing mullet. Um, and so the mullet has two parts: the business part and the party part, right? So um, the party stuff is the is the kind of glitz and glamour, and uh, you know the fun stuff to share on, share on social media, and and when you can be really creative. So I'm talking about you know coming up with theme nights, coming up with giveaway items, um, working on game atmosphere, fan engagement, social media, uh, you know, creating great content. Uh, that, that that's kind of the party end, right? Uh, but but to be successful in that, you've also got to take care of the business end, and and business end is revenue generation, managing your budgets, uh, analyzing data, selling sponsorships, fundraising, um, you know, ticket sales, all, all that kind of stuff. So. So th- there are a ton of things that, that we do within the job. Um, I, I, I can't say that I dislike any of them. Um, some bring me more joy than others, if, if, uh, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. You're straddling that line beautifully. I like it. And I love yeah. I was I was trying not to laugh too hard with the, the marketing mullet in the background. I'm like trying to laugh off off mic a little bit so I don't interfere with you. But I couldn't uh, I couldn't quite help myself. That was really cool. Well, there's a perfect example. I was looking through some of your recent you know Twitter activity and I saw you have a pumpkin spice night for the women's soccer teams and, and that uh, against Illinois. And that's that's a super creative idea that you guys come up with. But then you also have to be able to execute those ideas and to make it all come to fruition and track the data to know if it worked or not. Uh, so mm-hmm. would you emphasize that for people coming up in the industry too, to be able to not only be creative, but be a little bit more than that too, to get that business analysis sense down in place too? 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I got to give credit to, uh, to to one of the staff here, Nick Malizia. He's our assistant director of marketing. He came up with um, with the pumpkin spice night uh, idea, and uh, you know it's it's gone really well. It's got some good some good publicity. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's important to be creative, but also be able to, like you said, fulfill and 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 run with stuff. Um, you know, it's one thing to come up with a lot of great ideas. It's it's the other. It's another thing to be able to execute them at a high level. Um, and, and that's really important to us here. We've got a ton of ideas. We do a ton of theme nights, a ton of giveaways. Um, but 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 you've got to you've got to get your ducks in a row, and and you've got to um, you know m- make sure you're not just doing this because it's um, you know just oh, let's let's throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see if it sticks. Um, you you got to be strategic in when you do it. You got to be strategic in. Um, in the, the day of the game and the opponent and, and who you're targeting and is this is this a theme based on students and uh, if it's based on students is it during a day and a time that students would want to attend the game um, you know, you've, you've kind of got to come up with with your goals when when you are creative and you are trying to do some things that kind of push push the envelope because um, you don't want to spend all, all the time coming up with some ideas and then and then it kind of falls flat um, so so yeah it, it's it's definitely important to to be able to execute and um, you know I think we, we look for people who who, who are um, you know they're, they're really kind of event managers or event planners where we, we, we we're in the office kind of coming up with advertising and marketing um, you know and and, and 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 ways to get the word out and uh, and fun ideas but but then you, you got to make it happen and it's it's um, staying organized uh, making sure you've got everything lined up the way you need to making sure the right people are kept in the loop um, you know analyzing the data afterwards making sure that you've got some good takeaways when you do stuff like it's it's um it's it's super important to have you know kind of be completely involved in something and not not just an ideas person. Yeah, we you know we always focus on the big teams on campus, you know football and basketball in particular. But using Penn State as an example, you guys have thirty one teams competing in Division One uh, throughout your career, not just through the lens of Penn State, but throughout your career in a marketing sense. How do you balance the focus on the big earners that bring in the revenue and bring in the fans and bring in the crowds versus also trying to grow those smaller sports and get them the exposure that they deserve and and grow them as well? How do you balance that? Yeah, so we're we're in a really good situation here at Penn State because we have an amazing fan base. It's it's a huge fan base, but they're super supportive of of our sports from top to bottom um, and and from big 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 money makers to to uh, non revenue sports um, and so it's tough to uh, tough to talk about um, you know what it's like to, to to market a team that doesn't have a huge fan base here but um, you know throughout my career um, you you've got to look at at all the sports the same but different right um, all the sports have student athletes um, that that deserve a great uh, that deserve great support. Um, that are that are putting a lot on the line. That are that are um, you know competing for university. Um, all all the sports have coaching staffs that 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 want the best for their student athletes. Um, that that we as marketing people need to work with um, to make sure they they, they feel like they are um, appreciated and 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 are getting the the attention and the um, focus that they deserve. Um, 
but it's but it's also different in the fact that that yeah we have a football game and we announce our we announce our schedule and, and we know we're gonna have at least before we do any marketing we're at least a you know hundred thousand people there right um, when, when you get to some of the the, the less prominent sports um, you've got to be a little bit more creative you've got to be out there in the community you've got to create uh, experiences at those games that that'll drive people um, to them um, you know you're, you're creating unique opportunities with uh, interacting with student athletes, um, you know, with with youth sports, um, you're creating, uh, you know, fun fun experiences for alums to come back and and maybe shoot a shoot a layup on the on the court after the game. Um, you're you're working with student bodies, um, you know, at, at your campus to to come up with some fun group themes. So they want to come out and dress up for games and uh, you know wear costumes or whatever, um, you know, to feel like they're part of part of the experience. Um, each sport it's it's um it's kind of uh, approached a little differently but but in the end it's it's we still have the same job it's to get as many people as we can to the game as possible and to make sure we uh those fans are having a good time i laughed a couple of weeks ago when you shared on twitter a debate you were having with yourself whether to wear your press pass around your neck or attached to your belt and I, la- mm-hmm. I laughed because you know those of us who have been in the industry and worn press passes it's kind of an inside joke but the the, the cool part is is that your responses start going crazy and all these other people that are in sports uh, in sports or especially in college sports start responding with their opinions and it's the classic kind of social media snowball but what's cool is you look at that from a more global perspective and you realize that there's this cool community that you're you're a part of you know there's this niche almost there's subculture of of college athletics and there's people from all around the nation that are that are empathizing with exactly what you're saying and engaging in that what is that kind of like to know that you're part of a small community of people who are sharing this experience and able to kind of reflect on that process. Is that kind of cool? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I mean, I think, um, I, I think that's one of the great things about, about social media and, and, and LinkedIn and Twitter and, um, to, to be able to connect with people professionally that, that, like you said, have the same, you know, day to day responsibilities as you or, or, or work in the same type of atmosphere, um, you know, that, that, that work in sports, that want to work in sports. Um, it, it's, it's a really great group to kind of interact with, um, cause, cause they all work hard, um, and they all, they all, um, you know, are, are, are really good at what they do. Um, and, and it's just, it's just good to kind of share. Yeah, share ideas. I mean, I, I I do a lot of a lot of things on on Twitter where I'm just you know asking for ideas, or I'll I'll, I'll DM some some people that I know in the business and um and and shoot them some some thoughts on an upcoming promotion and get their their um their thoughts on it and their expertise. Um, it's it, it, it's a cool it's a cool group to be a part of for sure, and it, it really it really helps expand your network. Um, you know, I I, I feel like I could go to any city in this country and and uh and you know say i want to go to a san jose sharks game well i feel like i know somebody that knows somebody at the san jose sharks because of yep. you know how how um you know how many people i know through twitter like so um it's it's, it's just kind of a, a cool feeling to know that you can kind of you've got people from all different backgrounds that are are kind of going through the same thing that you do and and uh and, and want to kind of share those experiences yeah it's amazing how small the sports industry is it actually feels like i i mean i either know a lot of people or i know someone who knows them you know it always feels like you're like one one or two degrees of separation away from just about everybody which does make for a pretty cool experience um, mm-hmm. one thing you you every home game 
at Penn State with the football team. It's an event with, you know, 106,000 of your, your closest friends just showing up to the game. Um, yeah. it, I had I had Mike Judge on the show who works for the Cleveland Browns, and he was saying, you know, he felt like game day was you're throwing a house party and 100,000 people are showing up or on their way over and you want to make sure they have a good time. Um, I yeah. thought that was a really good way of putting it. And, and I, for you being so closely involved to the fan experience and just getting those people there, you know, drawing that excitement to it. Uh, what's that process like for you managing? that fan experience and, and making the events memorable. Yeah. So, you know, Penn State football in particular, I was, uh, I, I've been here for about a year now and I was lucky enough to come into a really good situation here where we had some awesome people who work for the marketing department that have put in a lot of hours to, to um, make, make the atmosphere in Beaver stadium what it is. Um, and, and they're really good at what they do. And um, you know, for, from my, from my year of being here and observing uh, kind of what it takes, um, you know, I, I think there's there, there's several things that go into it to create that that kind of unrivaled atmosphere that we have. It's it's really it's it's the passion of the fan base. It's um, it's it's getting everybody uh, to come into the game and feel like they're part of a family. It, it really we, we call it our family reunion. We have seven family reunions a year uh, in Beaver Stadium. And, um, you know, it's, you get to be with your, your, your closest friends and, and, and your fellow students uh, and your fellow alums and, and really kind of experience something together. Um, we, we, they've done a really good job in, um, in, in, in really taking advantage of, of the hands that were dealt with, with, the, with the situation here. We, we've got a really big tailgate, um, tailgate community. I mean, there's just miles and miles of hills, um, grass hills that are full of cars um, uh, tailgating each game. So um, we, we've been able to, to really focus on showcasing that and, and the, the, um, the fun and the camaraderie that, that, that comes from, you know, sharing, sharing a tailgate with someone. Um, the, the, the in-game stuff, well, once we get into the game, um, we've we've got a great relationship with our sponsorship folks, and, and we're able to take some of those usually boring sponsor reads and, and do some fun stuff with them to make them more interactive for the fans. Uh, we've got a ton of traditions um, that our band and our, our cheerleaders and, and dance team uh, participate in um, that, that the fans love, that they come to expect when they come to the games. Um, it, it's really just kind of everybody operating at, at a high level to be able to pull something like this off. It, it really is. It's, um, you know, once, once the ball is kicked, we're kind of along for the ride, but, but there, there's just so much that, that, that goes into it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it, it's a great, it's a great thing to be part of. Um, it, it really is. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I'm only about four hours away, so I might have to come out for pumpkin spice night, come get a game in, you know, have a little fun out there. It does sound like a fun experience. Yeah, it's, it's, it is great, and, and I mean, we well, well, we have a game. Um, you know, if we have a game at seven thirty, start seven thirty at night. Well, people are showing up at eight a.m. Um, oh I was joking with with some people. My my, I had never come to a Penn State football game before I started working here. And my first game that I came here was three uh, thirty kick, and I'm driving into work at seven a.m. and I drive by this Burger King about about um, a mile from the stadium, and there are people tailgating in the Burger King parking lot <laughs> at 7 a.m. Uh, for a 3.30 start. And I'm like, that, that's when I kind of realized, okay, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's a different uh, world. Yeah. 
but really, I mean, just, just just the traditions that we have in the game and, and, and the way we're able to keep the the atmosphere up, and it, it's just it's just unlike anywhere else. I think it's 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 really a special uh, special event to come to a, a football game here. Yeah. So, I, thank you so much for coming on. I want to finish off with this. Uh, you compiled a list of advice for young professionals who want to enter the sports business and you shared it on Twitter. You sent the call out to all your followers who are working in the industry and said, what's the one piece of advice you'd share? And I'll take what you did and I'll post it on the show notes for this episode as well. Cause I thought it was a really great list aggregating the advice from, I think it was 27 of your friends and coworkers in the industry. It's great. Really insightful to the point. Loved it. But one thing that was missing is you didn't contribute to it. (laughs) You had everybody else's opinions, but you didn't share your own. So spill it. What's your advice? What's your lasting nugget? What's the last me- piece of advice you want to share with the young professionals out there that are trying to enter the sports biz that you think can make the difference for them? Sure. So, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of left my advice out of there and just took credit for everybody else's uh, <laughs> good approach. But, uh, you know, so I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but, but it really is uh, about flexibility. Um, and, um, there are, there are a lot of jobs available in sports, but there are a ton of people that, that want those jobs. Um, so you're going to need to be, you're going to need to be flexible, give yourself a, a, a fighting chance to, to kind of land one of those. You're going to need to, you, you might have to end up taking a job where, where um, it's a place you might not want to live or might not have ever thought of living. Um, you might have to take your first job that's unpaid. Um, you might have to work for less money than you were hoping to. Um, you know, you might have to to uh, to go to a place for a couple of years to be able to get to that next step. Um, you, you really kind of have to be be flexible in in um, in your search and 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 I tell people there's no better time to be flexible like I said than than when you're young um, and when you're trying to enter the business um, there are wonderful opportunities all over the country um, like like you said before I ended up in New Mexico like I never thought in the my wildest dreams I'd be living in New Mexico but a job came open there and um, and it, it was kind of like what I wanted to do and and it was an awesome experience it was like no place I'd ever been before um, but I really got to do some cool stuff down there be super creative work with a work in a community that that was unlike anything I'd, I'd worked before um, and, and and to be part of it and and to grow um, so I always tell people uh, you know be flexible don't get discouraged um, I, I was a runner-up, like so. I was number two for nine jobs before I got my first full-time job. So that means I flew out to the places I interviewed, and I didn't get the job nine times wow. uh, before I before I landed my first one. So um, you know, it, sometimes it's tough not to get to start discouraged, but but if, if if you're if you if you work hard at it, you get some good experience um, and are patient and are flexible, um, good things will come your way. I had an anchor that I worked with once who took all of his rejection letters from when he was starting out and plastered them on one of his walls. And he had like he had like 100, 150 or something like that plastered everywhere to be his, his daily reminder. And that's just a reality of this world. It is it is competitive and uh, it's not something you can just give up on. If you if it matters to you, you're going to persevere through it. So that's some great advice. Yeah. yeah, that 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 summer that I was, you know, nine, nine times uh uh, not getting a job, I, I had applied for you know ten, twenty, thirty more jobs that I, I didn't even get a call about. So you, you're absolutely right. It, it it is it is it is a grind. Um, but but um, you know when you get that opportunity, you're going to feel like a million bucks, and, and you really got to take advantage of it. 
Chris, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing more about your world in college athletics and in sports marketing. I uh, really appreciate it, and I know our fans are going to love this one. So thank you for coming on. Been a pleasure, man. Good to talk to you. Thanks to Chris. I can't say this enough. He's a great follow on Twitter. There's a lot of nonsense there, but it's kind of fun nonsense. So check out following him. He is at Chris, C-H-R-I-S underscore Grossi, but it's G-R-O-S-S-E. And check him out on LinkedIn, connect with him, learn more. He is a great person to have in your corner and to learn from. He's done a bunch of webinars over the summer that I've been involved in. Uh, He really cares about giving back, teaching, and engaging people in conversation. He's a great networker and a great dude. So many great answers and insight. I appreciate you all listening. As always, remember to subscribe, share, and review wherever you listen. When you post reviews, you help us remain high in the podcast rankings. And for that, we get more viewers and more more guests, and more really quality content that will keep coming down the pike for you. So it serves you well to subscribe, rate, and review, and to share with your friends and get other people to listen. All right. Stay safe out there. Vote. Make a plan to vote. And wear a mask. I don't ask for much. Those are just two things. If you can do that, great. We're friends. 